0: Welcome to Food Ops, I'm Rebecca
1: and I'm Derek
0: and he is a health inspector yes. and today we are going to be talking about how to sell tacos out of our house. If I want to sell tacos you know I love a good taco right? Potato tacos, fish tacos, you like tacos?
1: I love tacos, any kind of meat.
0: Any kind of meat, carnitas, carne asada, beef.
1: Yep there it's all good.
0: So we want to sell these amazing tacos out of our house. Can I even do that?
1: You can. There is a permit that allows you to operate out of your home kitchen and serve to the public.
0: What would that be called? We've talked about cottage food industry operations. Is that the same thing?
1: It's a. This is a different permit from the cottage food operation. This is actually called a MICO, which is abbreviation for Micro Enterprise Home Kitchen Operation.
0: Okay. Is it as scary as it sounds? It sounds pretty official.
1: Well, it is official, but it's not as scary as it sounds. You just have to meet a few requirements, and you can make a large variety of food out of your home. A lot of the same foods that could be served out of a restaurant.
0: Huh. Okay. Um, So if I'm a caterer, do I also need to apply for a MECO?
1: No. So catering is a different permit. It follows a different set of rules. It's not for... A home-based operation. Mm-hmm. So this would be a home-based operation. Um, if you'd want to do a catering, it's it's got a little of other requirements for it.
0: Okay. So I make great tacos, enchiladas, tamales, the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to work out of my home. What are the parameters for that? Are there certain guidelines I need to follow? What do I need to do?
1: Yeah, there are certain guidelines that you need to follow. You first of all need to identify the menu items in a meal format. So you need to say this, consists, this meal consists of these types of foods and then list them down, provide them to the inspector. So that would be the first thing is kind of identifying the entirety of the menu that you want to offer, having it set in a meal format, and then providing it to the inspector for review.
0: Okay. Um, and then when I want to add something to that, do I have to go back to the inspector and tell them that, that I'm making this addition?
1: You do. It's a pretty simple process. Just contact the inspector that you're working with and they can add it to your file. Okay. There's no additional fee or inspection with it.
0: Okay. Okay, so if I want to set up a MECO, how do I know that I'm ready for that? What, what will the inspector look for?
1: Well, the inspector will look for A a lot of the same things that they might look for in a regular restaurant: food temperatures, ability to clean, ability to wash your hands, uh, where the food is going to be stored, the utensils and the equipment that's going to be used, um, ensuring that the kitchen is free of any pests, and then having the operator answer a few simple questions about their operations, as far as like limiting pets. In the in the kitchen area, ensuring that there's no smoking that's going to occur in the kitchen during the operation, um, things along that nature.
0: How often do you find pets in the kitchen when you're doing an inspection?
1: Well, there's there's pets in the house. There's typically typically not an operation when we do the inspection. It's before the operation is approved, um, but we see we see pets in the house. Yeah, just walking around. Oh. Yeah, they have free reign until the. Until the food business starts, hopefully.
0: <laughs> the cat can be on the counter until the food comes out? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so tell me about the, the permitting process. What can I expect? What do I need to have ready?
1: Well, in addition to having your your menu ready and then your your kitchen kind of set up for an inspection going through and, of course, making sure it's presentable, having the paper towels, the hand wash, soap available for hand washing. Um, you'll need to have a sanitizer of some sort to sanitize the dishes with, and then the test strips to, to ensure that it has the proper concentration. Um, you also need to keep in mind that you are limited to the number of meals that you can prepare. So if you're planning on a large operation right from the get-go, you're probably going to look, want to look into a fixed food facility to lease. And the home-based business might not be the best option for you.
0: What are those limits typically?
1: So you can make up to 30 meals in one day and then 60 meals in one week. Oh. So if you reach your maximum meals in one day of 30, then you only have one more day in that week to make 30 more meals, whether it's in one day or spread out over the remaining six days okay so that's one thing to keep in mind Huh.
0: and then if if i go above and beyond then i need to look for a commissary outside of my home
1: yeah if you go up above and beyond you're actually working outside of the parameters of what the permit entails and i mean it's good if you have the business but yeah you do need to look into a a brick and mortar place to work out of if, if you're going to be doing that
0: And then, what would that permit be called, or is it?
1: Now you're getting just into like the restaurant permits, and the restaurant permits are based off the square footage of the facility.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So sixty is my limit, not sixty-one.
1: And not sixty-one. Nope. (laughs) Okay. Sixty for the week.
0: Okay. Interesting. And it doesn't matter what type of meal I'm serving.
1: It doesn't type. It doesn't matter the type of meal. Mm -hmm. It's just. It's just identified as a meal so that one meal can have it's usually uh, going to be a serving a main serving and then maybe two side dishes with it mm-hmm. and then a drink and even a dessert okay serving
0: so when you say meal do you mean per person because let's say i specialize in family style meals
1: it it, it is it it is a per person type of a meal okay yes
0: so then that would take us essentially to how much food I can make right
1: right yeah exactly there 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 needs to be a limit on the quantity that you can make out of your food for a lot of different a lot of different business entities and government agencies don't want to see a large operation out of the home so that's why they they've they've had a limit and they've chosen 60 as the number of meals
0: Okay. So it's not like um, measuring out how much macaroni and cheese I'm making. It's just like a guesstimate of this would serve 60 people. Like it's not like how many ounces of of something or.
1: The food code doesn't specify the number of ounces in a serving. So the judgment for that really relies on the local jurisdiction of the health department. Okay. So you would need to ask your inspector, Hey, how large can my piece of chicken be to be considered a serving for a meal? Or in your case, like, like you were saying the the macaroni and cheese, Mm -hmm. is it going to be 10 ounces? Is it going to be four ounces? Yeah. You really just need to work with the local inspector to really iron out the serving size for the meal. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, because some people would say, Four tamales as a serving, and some people would say two, right?
1: I I would agree, uh, maybe even six,
0: right? <laughs> okay.
1: So you so yeah, and 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 the inspectors usually generally are are pretty flexible and in, in understanding of what might be identified as a serving. Ah, okay.
0: Some of those gray areas, they're a little flexible. With. Yes, yeah. Okay, certainly. Okay. This takes us to the question of delivery. Can I deliver my food? I prep it in my home. I take it to the party, whatever it is that I'm providing it for. Can I deliver it?
1: Yes, you can. So the operator can deliver the food that they make. They can have, they can also have one employee other than a family member working with them. Only one. Only one. But they can also have family members working for them. Okay. And then one employee. And then as far as delivery goes, the operator can deliver it, that employee can deliver it, or any of the family members that are working for them can deliver it as well. Okay. Yeah. What they cannot have is a third-party service come and pick up the food and then deliver it to the customer. I can't have that.
0: That's a definite no.
1: That's a no. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, And then... Let's say that I want to prep 60 meals out of my home per week. Can I have neighbors come and pick up from my home or people throwing parties come and pick up from my home? Can people consume the meal on the premises of, you know, where I live?
1: Yeah, so your customers your customers can come to your home. They can pick up to-go orders. They can... Eat on the premises. If you wanted, you can set up a patio dining area outside.
0: Like in my front yard or like something? In your front
1: yard. Uh, just be aware of local zoning restrictions or, or local HOA restrictions.
0: You but know? you've never seen that, have you? You've never seen somebody serving from their, their house like that? Oh, I have. Oh.
1: I have, yeah. It, it's usually it's usually a side area, a side area, maybe even under a carport that they've set up as their their dining area. Yeah, and so they might have a couple t- tables over there and some chairs, and that's where the customers sit and eat. Yeah, you can actually have it out of inside your home too. So if you want customers to come inside your home and you have a little dining area set up for customers, maybe it's partitioned off, whatever, then you can do that as well.
0: In all of the state.
1: In all of, in, in, right now, all of the counties have not adopted the MECO operation, which is a state, but certain, count, <clears throat> certain counties have, and the jurisdiction that I work for has. So if the county has adopted it, then yes, they, we follow the same California retail food code. But you just have to contact your local county jurisdiction to see if they have this permit available to them.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. Any other notes that we need to know if we want to set up our... our in home dining,
1: yeah. One thing you can you would also consider is advertising. So the code does not allow you to advertise outside of your home, like on the yard or fly banners outside of your home. So you wouldn't be able to do that. You can do all kinds of online advertising for it that you want, um, but just just no large banners outside, advertising.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. What are some definite no nos that you've you've seen or heard of that that Miko operators some typical Miko operator offenses, if you will?
1: Yeah, there are. It kind of goes along the lines of that, but there are a few more restrictions. So you cannot serve anything that requires a special process. So if you wanted to make your own home kombucha out of your home, you you wouldn't be able to do that. That actually involves a, another special process of some sort. If you wanted to do a, a vacuum sealing of food and then a, a sous vide on the, on the stovetop with, you know, for a, a, a nice piece of veal, uh, you wouldn't be able to do that. You wouldn't be able to do a uh, reduced oxygen packaging this is kind of the, vac- the term for vacuum sealing. So any special processes, you wouldn't be able to do. Certain types of food, like oysters, you wouldn't be able to serve those. Um, raw milk, you wouldn't be able to serve a raw milk yeah Hmm. but but your standard kind of things that you might see in a restaurant everyday restaurant um, yeah a lot of things most things are available though.
0: just anything with a special process is out yes okay right interesting Mm -hmm. do we have to use commercial grade um, preparation tools
1: like appliances and equipment Yes. No, no. Every, everything, everything that you have in your house potentially can be used in this operation. Uh, I mean, because we know that you're not going to go out and get commercial equipment. So most of the equipment appliances are household that we see. And that's fine. As long as it's clean and has the ability to be cleaned, then that's what we're looking for. Okay. Utensils as well. Blenders, you know, everything that you might have in your home kitchen. It would be fine for use. Okay. As long as, it, again, as long as it's not falling apart or might contaminate the food.
0: If you have any other questions or need to follow up, consult your local health department for information about mico permitting options.
1: Yep, definitely. They're always friendly and eager to help.
0: Time now for Derek's Pro Tips. Here are some quick tips for what to make sure that you are cleaning and taking care of as a restaurant owner. So, Derek, there's the obvious, right? You look for the floors, the walls, the counters, the ceilings to be clean. That's all
1: the all the big ticket items you walk in the restaurant. Yeah, those are those are the big items that most people know about to clean. Yes.
0: Okay. And so after you check those out, what will a an inspector typically go toward next?
1: Well, there's a lot of details that the operator misses, and so the big one, the biggest ones that the operator misses right off are the door gaskets and the door handles. And the door gaskets are those seals that are around the doors. A lot of food falls into those gaskets and start accumulating, and they often get neglected. Ew. Yes.
0: Any um, tips on how they're supposed to be cleaned?
1: They can be brushed out. You can actually snap those gaskets off of the doors and give them a thorough cleaning or replace them if they're torn or need to be repaired. But yeah, just sweep them out, brush them out, pretty easy to clean.
0: Okay, second thing would be?
1: Second thing would be the air vents in the ceilings where the air conditioning comes out, the heating comes out, or just the return makeup air for the facility. Those, the louvers on those air vents get Heavily accumulated with dust and debris and dirt and they very often get neglected
0: And any way to clean that
1: get up on a ladder and Get up to
0: scrubber down. <laughs>
1: yeah, scrubber down
0: <laughs> got it um, and then let's talk about the um, the exhaust hood is that oh, a yes. big big item?
1: Yeah, so a third thing would be the grease filter panels in the exhaust hood Uh, they build up with grease. It kind of depends on how much you use the equipment in your, at your cook line under the hood. But if you're using a lot of grease, they get dirty very quickly.
0: And is there a technique for cleaning those for someone that is not familiar with that?
1: Well, those panels can be pulled down. They can be pulled down daily or every other day by the employees, soaked overnight, and then ran through the dishwasher or cleaned by hand. And then at, periodically, you're going to need to get it professionally cleaned. Usually, like once a quarter, you'll have to have a service come out to actually clean up inside the ducts. Mm-hmm. But the filter panels, they can be cleaned by the employees. Employees.
0: And if I'm the guy in the cook line and I pull it down to clean before I leave at night, what am I cleaning it with or in?
1: Oh well, you can you can soak it in in uh in in a, a bath with soap in it, and so it's just going to be cleaned at the three compartment sink oh. with regular soap okay. and water. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then finally, um, the famous can opener.
1: Yeah, so a lot of facilities have the the can opener mounted on the countertop, which is fine.
0: Seems innocent enough.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, however, that blade that's on that can opener doesn't get changed very often. It doesn't look like it gets looked at very often, but it accumulates debris and food quickly. And so... Usually when it gets food and debris accumulated quickly like that, it's not cleanable. Just change it out. But it's something that get gets written up fairly often.
0: Uh, that sounds <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. So, if, um, so that's somebody working in a restaurant. Now, if I have a, a mico, a cottage food operation, do you look for those same things as well in my home?
1: Well, yes and no. The, the door gaskets, the handles. Yeah, we're going to take a look at those. The air vents as well, yes, but a a typical home is not going to have the grease filter panels in the exhaust hood, so that's not going to be there. And then they're not going to have a counter-mounted can opener. They might have a a regular can opener that they keep in the uh, appliance drawer, and that's fine. Yeah, we'll take a look at it, but usually they're not as bad as the ones in the restaurant.
0: And to wrap up, we are going to talk about what's trending. Charcuterie boards are trending. Charcuterie. Did I say that right?
1: You did, yeah. Charcuterie.
0: All right. If you like cheese, deli meat, the whole shebang, that's a charcuterie board.
1: It is. Don't ask me how to spell it, but at least I can pronounce it.
0: Right. Which is more than I can do. Yeah. But I can eat it.
1: They are very tasty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I've seen these advertised on social media, um, different beautiful displays that people are creating. Can I create that and sell it out of my home? What what do I do?
1: Well, it possibly, yes. Uh, most often, the charcuterie boards are sold as a catering operation, which we haven't really discussed yet. Um, it's possible for them to be made out of the home under the MECO operation, but you really want to talk with your local health inspector to determine what's the best way to go about getting the permit for it.
0: Until then, just serve it to your family.
1: Yeah, exactly. Practice. Practice with the fam.
0: (laughs) That's going to do it for another episode of Food Ops. I'm Becca. And I'm Derek. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.